And we are back with part two of A Christmas Carol and JB's Driving Podcast. Normally, I go right in the store and explain where we're at, but I want to bring something up beforehand. A good friend of mine, Greg Klein, asked me about the deeper meaning behind the story. And I want to address that at the end of part two of A Christmas Carol. It's worth listening to, and I hope you learned something from it. Anyway, we're picking up with Scrooge waking up and meeting the ghost of Christmas past. So he sees this bright light, and then Angela Pleasance, I mean, the ghost of Christmas past appears. Big old bright light. And um, she explains to him like she's here to... I always thought she kind of looked like Glenn Close. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, it's obviously not Glenn Close. I mean, because she would have been too young at the time. But mm-hmm. I always felt like she looked like Glenn Close. I can see that. I can actually, I can see that. The, you know, Glenn Close mixed with the Bride of Frankenstein with that big ass pompous hair, pompadour hair. Mm. Anyway. You notice that her voice is dubbed here for some reason. Throughout the entire time, they dub her voice in. Really? Yeah. Okay. That was quite curious. Yeah, I didn't know that. So she's here to explain that she's he's there. She's there for his welfare, and I love this line. I can think of no greater welfare than a night of uninterrupted sleep. Be like, lady, I just been lectured by a damn ghost to my partner, these people where I work, and my my nephew. I'm done for the night. Let me just sleep. I got corn to sell tomorrow on yep. Christmas. It's going to be 5% more expensive tomorrow, I can tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, 10% because she came to his room. So then she's like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to go look at your, your past, Scrooge. So they travel back to when Scrooge was a child and left at the boarding school alone. And that's when you start seeing more of Scrooge's, or hear more of Scrooge's backstory that he, his mother died in childbirth. Yep. His father held him responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with you, you know, off with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I always thought his sister was younger. But I, his sister would have to have been older, wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if the mother died in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was older sister. Had to. Unless she was adopted, but no, they don't do that. But this is when you first see a little bit of Scrooge's lighter side, too, when he sees his old schoolhouse friends and he calls to them and then goes to Christmas past like, they can't see you, old man. Yeah, well, he's got a little bit of a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. It's brief, but it's there. But again, it goes to what you were saying earlier about how you can hate the guy but also like the guy at the same time. Right. You see the humanity in him and the protagonist. That he's basically buried. You know, the, it's down there, but he's buried he's, it deep. He's buried it deep. Probably from just being lectured so much. <laughs> all right. I mean, I would too. I'd be kind of bitter. I get lectured by my wife all the time, and I'm a little bit bitter. Like that's what happens. You know, uh, so you know what I did about that? <laughs> Half the country does something about it. Let me tell you. So we flash forward when Scrooge is a little bit older in his late teens, um, and that's when they visit. Scrooge in the boarding school itself where Scrooge is the boarding school is left out for Christmas and he's essentially the last one. Yeah, he's there alone. Be picked up. But he's got his books. He's got and this is again a little bit of I really appreciate this. A little bit of humanity from from uh from Scrooge because the Christmas past is like all you have is books and then Scrooge's like, what are you talking about? You know, those those characters in there, Robin Crusoe. Yeah. You know, those I mean those were characters. Those were my friends. There's something you know, there's something good about that. 
We are just friends, even on this day. From his beloved books. His Alibaba. <laughs> Dear old honest Alibaba. And the Sultan's groom turned upside down with a genie. But not a real child to talk to. Not a living person. Robinson Crusoe, not real. <laughs> and Friday, and the parrot with green body and yellow tail, not real. He may do this boy. I like that. Again, a bit of his humanity coming through. Yeah, uh, I, but I think that they were smart to... He only really shows sympathy for himself. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, slightly for his sister, but mostly for himself in the beginning. Uh, and, it, and it grows as time goes on, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It does. It is pretty cool. So Fan, his older sister, comes in, you know, coming to pick him up. Horrible name. Fan. Not a, not a fan of Fan? No. Not it's a, a dumb name. name. So then you see uh, Scrooge's father portrayed, which is very uncommon. This is the first time you've ever seen Scrooge's father portrayed in in an adaption of A a Christmas Carol. Yeah, but he's only there for like seconds. I mean, it's it's minor. So his father explains that he's Mostly just transitional. Just transitional. To get him out of the boarding school and get him over to Fezziwinks. Fezziwinks. But you see this old man is a dick. Yeah. You see fans let down. This is where you see the, you know, the um, parts of the grudge coming out. It's like, yeah, you were born to kill my wife. Yeah. Cold. Cold <clears throat> and, as ice. You know, and, but it also shows how he just doesn't, doesn't really care about anybody anyway. Like, it, 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 you know, the fact that his daughter wants him there, and, mm-hmm. you know, he obviously feels like there's going to be a relationship, and then it's kind of taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, you, those are the parts where you feel the sympathy and you start to see why this guy has done walled himself off from the rest of the world. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So one year later, so after that scene, they go riding off in a carriage. You see the coldness from his father. One year later, you see Scrooge working for Old Fezziwick. I believe I know this place. Yes. It's old Fezziwig's... Yeah. A good old Fozziwig. Fozziwig. <laughs> old Fozziwig. Another adaption, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, and he's been falling for this young lady named Belle. And it's Christmas Eve, and Fezziwig, who's this jolly old guy, all right, everybody, put away your books. It's Christmas Eve. All right. It's time to get cranked. It is Christmas Eve. Uh, so, close those bitches down, Ebenezer and Dick. Clear away in here, everybody. We need the room. I mean, the guy couldn't dive into a bowl of alcohol sooner. No, no. sooner. That guy was all about drinking. Yeah, that he was. Fezzy Wig was he all was about. A drunk. He's he's a blatant. I mean, drunk. And then he just he's like, it's time to. Uh, Throw down with this party, and they're throwing up all the the, uh, the the holly and the ivy along his store. He's transforming his store, which is a which is a um, cloth like a yeah tapestry I, store or something. Like I that. have a hard time figuring out what any of these things are. Like these jobs, they just seem <laughs> innocuous. They're just <laughs> they're just there. We're we're a bunch of people, and we've got desks, and we write <laughs> shit all day. Write shit down. Keep. I mean, what the hell does Bob Cratchit actually do? I mean, he just sits at a desk and he writes shit in a ledger. (laughs) But, you know, what is there to write? Probably he's writing like his last will and testament over and over again because he just wants to kill himself. Yeah. He just wants to off himself. It's just, I don't understand what most of these people do. Help me. Help me. (laughs) 
Scrooge makes most of his money from loaning money out. So <laughs> what the corn. hell is is Bob Cratchit actually doing? He's probably just making up work from the dude to make him seem like he's you know, valuable. It's not like people Scrooge's- are coming in and making payments or anything. <laughs> he's just sitting there. It, you know, I, I would have fired him. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have fired fired him useless. Um but so so Fezziwig essentially feel bad about Tiny Tim because I would never even have seen him. Never seen him. I yeah. just fired his ass and keep my own books. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He's been an apprentice for fifteen years. He hasn't been able to run the shop by himself. Yeah, I can't take a goddamn day off because this <laughs> asshole wants to use up all the coal. Now we're shitting on Bob Cratchit. <laughs> <laughs> now you're coming to the dark side with me. Where I feel bad for Scrooge because he's being lectured for being ass. <laughs> just leave me alone, man. Yeah, I killed my mom with childbirth and, you know, just want to keep it to myself. Freaking my father was an asshole to me. Yeah. Um, so essentially, Fezziwig transforms the store to Studio 54 within, like, two minutes. And he's got this awesome spread of just all these proteins. I think there's a ham, a turkey, a yeah, chicken. Yeah, they just come out of nowhere, just, too. Just out of nowhere. I mean, this, uh, like a, a long table, like a Viking, a Viking like, hall of food. Yep. Just spread out. I mean, I wanted to be at this party. You know, Why not? So, again, you see, uh, and this is, as, as it's being set up, you flash over to Scrooge, and he's smiling. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's this, like I said, the second time that you actually see a, a smile on his face. And, it, you know, I don't know that anybody can't be nostalgic. I mean, it would be insane if he wasn't at least nostalgic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you also see uh, when uh, Scrooge Scrooge is trying to put the moves on Bell, and Fezziwig just cock blocks him. Come along, you two. They're striking up Sir Roger de Coverley. Time enough to sample the punch when you're old and fat like me, eh? Oh, I'd best partner my wife before that young scamp goes dancing off with her. <laughs> yeah. Just comes, like, from behind. All right, guys, it's, we're going to get the dance. He's already slurring his words. You know, I think he's got a little bit of puke over his shirt already. <laughs> All coked up. And then the um, ghost of Christmas past calls Fezziwig a foolish man for wasting money on the Christmas party. Silly. Why silly? What did he do, after all, to deserve the praises of those apprentices? Spent a few pounds, danced like a monkey, beamed a great smile. Well, the happiness he gives, I gave quite as great as though it had cost a thousand pounds. And this is when you see another chink in the armor for Scrooge when he defends Fezziwig. It's about happiness. Who cares about what he spent on it? Right. The thing is, exactly adverse to how he is. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing is, hey, you know, this is, it's a story to, to get him to realize, you know, and it's the little, the little chinks in the armor that keep, uh, that keep peeling away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then after the party's over, this is a very important part to me because this is when Scrooge starts becoming Scrooge. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad you, you put this out there. So you flash Scrooge and he's in the other apprentices in their, in their boarding house and they're talking about Bell and this is when Scrooge reveals that he must be rich to deserve someone like Bell. Right. He feels that Bell is basically better than him because... He spent his entire youth 
in a boarding school by himself where his family didn't give a shit about him. So why would he have any self worth worth whatsoever? I mean, you know, the only person that was even kind to him was his sister and she was, you know, limited on how the exposure. I mean, it seemed to me like she wasn't even allowed to visit him. Um, so he would have nothing and no one. Mm-hmm. So to th- sit there and think, okay, well, I want this woman in my life. Well, I have to be a better person. And the only thing that I know that has any kind of worth is money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know anything I else. I don't know anything else. You know, I, don't, I'm, I don't hold myself in high regard. So, Well, he's never truly, you know, he's had love for his sister, but he's never had you know, an appreciation for that love at the same time. I mean, he loves his sister, but his, the, his being estranged from his sister has strained that kind of understanding of what love is. So, you know, he feels this for Belle, but he feels to be good enough for her. He has to be a better person. And the only thing he knows to be better is wealth. Cold, hard cash. Yeah, that's it. So Scrooge eventually becomes successful. I guess it starts starts focusing on his career, I should say. It becomes obsessed with his career. And that's when, this is several years later, him and Belle meet up again. And this is when Belle, you know, you're never around, et cetera. You've become obsessed with your career. I don't even know if it's several years later, but it could be. It could be. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. It's a, it the the time years. frames are really difficult. Mm-hmm. And... She's becoming agitated, and Scrooge is kind of like, you know, I have, you know, I have to make money. Yeah. And she says, you know, you become obsessed with it. I want to release you from the vow that he made to marry her. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe be happy in your life you've chosen. Yeah, that, that's one of those lines that uh, shows up in most versions of Scrooge of you know uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, and of course, anytime I hear it, no matter which version I'm watching, I immediately think, "Well, I am happy with the version <laughs> I've chosen." You little bitch, you little bitch. <laughs> uh, it's it's impossible not to think that if you've ever seen Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> so Scrooge explains the ghost of Christmas past uh, how his father left him some money. Yeah, that's another weird thing. Uh, I mean, he he goes through this story to tell. You know how he got started. Why did his father leave him money the whole time? He hates him, but then he leaves him money. I don't. I never understood that. But he chose to use that money to uh, lend out to start making his own fortune instead of. And Bell just wanted to take the money and get married mm-hmm. and be together. Mm-hmm. She never cared, cared about the money. money. Yeah, isn't that isn't that something? Isn't that <laughs> something? Which is important. Which is part of the story that Dickens was trying to tell here. So flash forward seven years, Ghost of Christmas Past takes Scrooge to visit Belle, who has since had several kids yeah. and has married. And the individual who's married is coming in, in, into their little uh, courtyard and explains, you'll never believe who I ran into. Um, they'll never guess in town. And she guesses right away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's still got a uh, tickle down below. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little tickle down below for old Scroogey. <laughs> for, for Scrooge. And he explained, and then her husband, who is unnamed, goes and explained that, you know, he's just, you know, his partner is dying and he's just in his house, I mean, in his uh, office, counting money away. 
seems miserable, and that's when you see the, the actress who plays Belle. It's like, oh, I'll feel bad for him. Oh, of course. Yeah. But then he gets angry. Yeah, yeah You know, Scrooge's, Scrooge's reaction pissed. to her, you know, he's pissed off because she feels bad for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his, his response is, you know, spare me your pity. I have no use for it. Then takes her damn cap and says, I'm, I've had enough of you. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know if I like the way that was done, but he essentially takes the dunce cap and I, I, the whole thing is it's supposed to be like putting out a light because yeah. that would be, you would have a little uh thing it usually would be on a long metal pole and it was a like a cone and you would use that mm-hmm. to put out the light to put out a candle light mm-hmm. um and that's essentially what that was supposed to signify was him taking the dunce cap and putting out the light of of i don't know the, the ghost of christmas past i i you know I, I think that when they when she first showed up it was the light of something light of hope or something light of hope but it was just one of those weird things where I don't know that it really comes across very well because it just looks like he's putting a dunce cap on her. Just I, I, I just, you know. Extinguish that light. I never was a big fan of a, the Ghost of Christmas Past. No, neither was I. It's just the, the, the character, not the yeah. story behind it, but right. the, character. the character. Now, the Scrooged version, you know, is oh, with Carol King. Yes. Uh, Carol Kane is, she's wonderful. Wonderful. I love her to death. Well, actually, she's the the ghost of Christmas present. I meant um, uh, 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 what's his name? Jesus Christ, Buster yeah. Poindexter. Buster Poindexter, yeah. He was, uh, he was wonderful as well, and yeah. he plays it great. I mean, oh, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a comedy, so they come across a lot more funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he would, you know, the way he's just kind of left there by the ghost of Christmas past, you know, is wonderful too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those things, the way they segue between. Now and then and everything else is great. Now, they don't have as much of a segue in this Christmas Carol because this is more of the traditional Traditional, story. But it still works. It's just the dunce cap thing never (laughs) Didn't like the dunce cap, huh? No. Didn't like the dunce cap. No. Not a big fan. So she leaves him. Next thing you see is Scrooge tearing up his rug runner. It's like, what the hell just happened here? Yeah. (laughs) So he goes, does he go back to bed here? Yeah, he and falls back asleep, sleep. and then the clock strikes two. Again, nothing happens at first. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, bah humbug. I love this part. I, I always like the ghost of Christmas present. Always like the ghost of Christmas present. Especially this guy. I think this guy does a great job. So um, so the ghost of Christmas present calls out. Come in, the dummy bed, man. <laughs> You've never seen the likes of me before. So Scrooge assumes it's the next ghost. He sees his light from the next room over. Go struggles to go to the next room over, and you see this just this freaking Bacchus. It looks like an old school, like I don't know. Oh, it's a king sitting on a throne of gold. I mean, yeah, that's essentially what he sees. All this and there's food, food and gold. extravagance. Yeah, it reminds me of Dionysus or something like that. You know, the Greek, the old Greek god of uh, partying and stuff. And then this is where the age of the movie really shows it because you, the the ghost of Christmas present. He's got the '80s chest here, peer, you know, peeking through that. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. Gets silky green robe. You know, he's got. I mean, he just. 
Yeah, I, the way I described it was he looked like Jesus in a green Santa outfit. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen the likes of me before. Yeah, I mean, he he, is, he definitely is over the top. Over the, Meanwhile, Scrooge is like, what the hell? What the hell is going on here? Right, right. Who so, was the guy in uh, Amityville Horror in the original? Not the Ryan Reynolds one. <sighs> I don't know. Ugh, damn it. Because I he kind of reminds me of him. I don't know. So then there's the, the tit for tat, and he's like, you know, let's take Scrooge out to the, the, the street market, and it's Christmas morning. Yeah, this, 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 this whole being in the street market thing didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the rest of it, of course, does, but walking through the street market, he, all he takes from it is... Uh, you only give a shit about the commerce and not what's actually going on amongst the people. And you care about the song in the background, right? Ugh, <laughs> that, 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 song. that awesome song that you love. Ugh, I hate it. And you know, the ghost of Christmas past is present is uh, carrying this torch. This is important. And Scrooge is like, is there some type of power that radiates from your torch? Some peculiar power which emanates from your torch. Oh, yes. There is and just blows Scrooge off after that. <laughs> and, yep. Yepers. Yep, you did. Eh, whatever. I'm only here, you know, I'm only here to lecture you and, and to show you how, yeah, how messed up I'm not life. telling you nothing. Yeah, it's like Scrooge actually pals. asked a question, but maybe it will lead to something else that would redeem him, but no. Nope. Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Whatever. He just doesn't. He, he very pompous. <laughs> He just doesn't it's give a shit. Doesn't get, oh, no, he doesn't. He just slam. He's like the happy guy who just slaps him around. Yeah. I did. You know what? They. Oh, never mind. I, it, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. So next we visit Bob Cratchit's house where he's got his 18 kids inside cooking. Very, yeah. Very meager house. Good God. I think they had so many kids because so many of them just died back that, then. Yeah, that's what happened. So, like, it, you know, money. when they don't die, you're stuck with, like, ten kids. <laughs> ten I mean, kids. And then you start farming them out to work. Or then you pretend to do a job for Scrooge. Just kill me. Just please kill me. I yeah. Yeah. While, while I'm sitting here writing in a book, <laughs> my son's going to go work for Fred making doing a money. real job. Doing a real job making more money than me. Um, so then Bob and Tim come, come back from church and that's when, uh, Bob's wife comes up to him and is like, how is Tim? Oh, you've never seen, he was so happy. He was singing with the best of them. Oh yeah. Next year. Tim's such a good boy. He's going to be leading the entire thing. You know, they really, really, really pump up tiny Tim here. It seems to me that Tim is getting stronger every day, that his limbs are growing, that he's in better spirits, it seems to me. That's all to just show how much Bob yes. Cratchit loves Tiny Tim. I mean, that's really all that's about. Mm-hmm. Then, um, yeah, it is. It is. It and is. and Bob, as much as he doesn't want to have a favorite, it's just obvious to everyone in this family that Tim is the favorite. I mean, it's just. It's, I mean, everybody's just kind of like, "Oh, Father, I've made you a bread pudding." <laughs> oh well, let's see what Tim thinks about it. <laughs> I'm laughing at that and looking at what's coming next. I just <laughs> oh okay. What do we got? No, 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 no. no it's good. It's good. But yeah, Tim. They're pumping up Tim. Meanwhile, all the other kids are disposable. Yes, they don't even remember the names of them. Nope. Hey, um, 
Joseph is. I mean, um, Jim. Jim. What's your name? Larry. Peter. Oh, Peter. That's right. What the hell? What the hell? So speaking of which, Bob calls over Peter, and this is when he explains to, to Peter's oldest son that you're going to have a better job than me because I ran into, uh, ran into Fred Hollywell. Apparently, the only people in this town are the Cratchits, the people in the stock exchange, and anybody related to Scrooge. And the assholes singing that shitty song <laughs> every day. I, I think that those guys are there every day <laughs> every of the year. Day, practicing for this month. They only sing this song, though. That's it. <laughs> they, they only know one song. Only know shitty They're trying to, trying to sell, man. Stupid song. It's a stupid song. Still better than they made by Enlightenment. So then, of course, Jones. like, you know, <laughs> he's trying to promote his son, Peter. It's like, ah, we're going to pimp you out to Fred. <laughs> But Scrooge, of course, gets pissed off about it because he's just like, oh, that guy's just trying to sh- show me up because he's paying the kid so much money. What? All about Scrooge. It's just like, Tiny Tim's the greatest. He was so great in church. Hey, Peter, you're going to go buff freaking his, uh, <laughs> his shoes his shoes for a living. You know, I don't know what he does. But you're going to go work for him? You're all, now his apprentice. It's all Bob's fault. It's apparent that Bob is, is it, the Cratchit is a less than star father. This Bob one. just, he just doesn't give a shit about anything except for Tiny Tim. Yeah, doesn't care about it. You're going to go buff some shoes. <laughs> Clean his jock strap. Jeez. Do laundry for him. There you go. And you bring home the money to well, me. And, and the reason I go that way is because of what happens in the end when you actually get to Fred's house. And how he treats his help. I don't know if you... We're not there, obviously. That's at the very, very end of the movie. But he treat. There's yeah. a girl working yeah, yeah, for Fred. Yeah. And he just treats her like a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. You might as well just... She might as well just be a stain on the rug. Did the dog shit on the rug? Clean it up. Clean up, woman. So then you, you have to equate that with Peter now is going to be working for this guy. <laughs> Uh, there's something really there's wrong something with this wrong whole here. thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, Peter. Remember, he, he I mean, uh, Fred did lecture Scrooge three times. He was relentless. Probably a horrible boss. He's probably a jackass. Probably he really a jackass. Is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to have Christmas in your heart, Scrooge. <laughs> oh, Scrooge. I'm going to hire this kid, and he's going to be, you know, my labor force. He's going to carry me around <laughs> on his shoulders. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scrooge is only hang up. Is he didn't want to get lung cancer from that well, coal? Yeah, he doesn't want to get lung cancer, and <laughs> it's on top of it and he's paying else. a guy to scribble in a book. For no apparent reason whatsoever. Suicide notes. He's paying him every day. And then the guy's, you know, his payback is he wants to take a day off with full pay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? And you thought this was going to be hard to do. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so then uh, his, his wife, who's had 18 kids, there's this goose that's for, for uh, Christmas dinner that's barely bigger than a, a chicken. Yeah, it's tiny. It's, it's, it's a tiny. I mean, I don't know how many people have actually had a goose. But goose is a goose or geese are actually big, really big yeah, birds. Big. Yeah. But this thing looks like it's, a, you know, the size of a, what a chicken looks like today. Of course, a chicken back then would have been <laughs> like really scrawny. tiny, yeah. scrawny too. Yeah. But so then Bob gives a blessing, and of course Tim, Tim is the the star of the show. 
And God bless us, everyone. Yeah, he's, hey. he's got to get his two cents in there. <laughs> but it, it is interesting that Scrooge, after they say the blessing, Scrooge says amen. <laughs> then the ghost immediately gives him shit. Amen. 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 What? You say something? No, no. Oh, uh, I, th- I thought I... Yeah, you know, I said nothing. Like, like, not a second later, he immediately starts giving Scrooge shit. Yeah, of course he does. Like, he's supposed to be turning around here. He says amen. Oh. Oh, oh look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> Dad, damn, give him a chance to redeem himself already. <laughs> Can everybody likes him, dick. Uh, maybe Scrooge isn't the bad guy in this story. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm telling There is another side of looking at this. He just constantly gets shit. That's why he's a miser. Good uh, God. I'd stay locked up in my room, <laughs> too. Just leave me the hell alone. The saddest part is, is I think I've turned into Scrooge. I don't want to be around people. I stay in my house. I think the only difference is, is I actually like a couple people and my kids. So other than that, I'm just, I'm locking myself away from the world. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the, the ghost of Christmas past is not, I mean, present is not done because, you know, of course, Tim being the star of the show, Scrooge is concerned for him showing Scott, showing the humanity, really great job. And asked the ghost of Christmas present, tell me spirit, will he live? Yeah. And then of course the ghost of Christmas present smells blood in the air. Oh, yeah. He, he's just salivating at this. Tell me, spirit. Will he live? I see a vacant place at this table. I see a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No, say you will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, none other of my species will find him here. But if he is to die, then let him die and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> and he, he can't even be like decent about it. He's just like, ah, it's going to be an empty chair, but what do you care? Let's, you know, he's just part of the surplus population. <laughs> let me just. Drill it in a little bit more. Uh, oh, then he, then, he, then, he, then he calls you uh, more. What does he say? Something calls him worthless. Oh, yeah. Just shits on Scrooge even more. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty. He seems to be pretty pompous. Yeah. He's a, I mean, you know, yeah. The whole, the whole torch remark. Tell me, Spirit. Like, is that torch up our. Yeah. Yep. yep. It does. <laughs> so Scrooge has to be it's, next to this. This ass for a little bit longer. And yep. So this apparently, and they're still there watching the entire scene unfold, this travesty. And then Cratchit's wife, the only thing that she's apparently good at is making this bread pudding. Yeah. And everybody's, you know. They're all, all tensed up. All 37 kids are around the because table. Because this is the most important moment, this, apparently. This is it. Besides Tim, besides talking about Tim, this is the most important. And Bob Cratchit... <laughs> The incompetent one is is man, we're really shit. Takes him ten minutes to cut it. Fucking shitting on this movie, man. No, we're not. (laughs) I love this movie. (laughs) This is movie is other than this damn song. (laughs) 
I love this movie. I love this movie, too. I love this movie. But it does take Bob Cratchit like 15 <laughs> minutes to cut off a little piece of bread. Pudding. He, he does. It does. He tastes it. He tastes it. And, of course, he doesn't say great right away. No, he's got to make him suffer. He's, he's got to make him suffer. Yeah, got to make him suffer as he's tasting it. And it's, mm. it's a big chunk. There's 41 kids there. Yeah, there's... And he the, took a nice size... Oh, he took a quarter of the He took thing. his liberty with it, didn't he? You know, there's... There, he, it's got to be shared amongst 10 people, but he took, like, a quarter of the whole thing. Yeah. And he's just like, eh. On the... Eh. You know, it's all about... It's the me. best one never. A triumph, my dear. <laughs> Another triumph. You know what would have made it better? If Tim made it. <laughs> So then, of course, after they're done eating their bread pudding, mm-hmm. uh, Bob decides that he's going to uh, give, a, give a toast to the season, and he, of course, gives a toast to Scrooge as the founder of the feast. Oh, and then, yeah. Uh, and Bob's wife is just like, you know, screw that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the hell with him. Let's just kick the dead horse. I mean, it get, yeah, yeah. And and Bob's just like, look, you know, he's he's the reason I had the money to buy the bird in the first place. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'll do it for your sake and the day's sake, but not for Scrooge's sake. It's like, all right, lady, you know, Scrooge fires your husband tomorrow. And uh, how are you going to feed all 10 of those kids? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, I know. They'll probably uh, wait yeah. about a month, and then they'll just cut up Tiny Tim and feed him <laughs> to the other wolves. Or they're just going to sell them off to Fred. Well, there you go. <laughs> sell them to Fred one at a time. But it, but it does become apparent like in this movie that Scrooge does live rent-free in everybody's head. He really does. And you'll see it again with this next scene. Yep. So then... Uh, Bob and his family spend the rest of the night singing Christmas carols to each other. Oh, yeah, God. Uh, uh, Tim couldn't. But at least they don't sing that shitty song. <laughs> they sing other songs. I'm okay with that. The others, yeah, not that shitty song. Shit, that, that, that. You know why? Because nobody ever sung that song because that song sucked. <laughs> and only those assholes out on the street sing that song. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so then they, they finish up with the Cratchits and they're going um, over to Fred's house. And during this transition, another, another uh, group is singing the Holly and the Ivy. Which didn't come out until eighteen, um, like eight years, six years after eighteen forty nine. Okay, when the story was written, just throw that in there. Just throw that in there. It's research. Wait, but did, okay, okay, okay. We've already been there. So, um, Bob, this so, is. I still say this is not a set piece. Okay, okay. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Any time in the eighteen hundreds would have been fine, or nineteen hundreds would have been fine. Okay, okay. So we got our Fred's house. And the party is in full swing. Everybody's having a great freaking time. But they're all talking. They're all mocking Scrooge. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, you, rent free. nobody even knows this guy. <laughs> the only one that knows him is Fred. Like, now Fred's talked about him, mm-hmm. 
but they all act like they know who he is. And, and yeah, and they're all just just assholes. Just assholes I mean, they're they're socialite assholes. Is really that, what exactly. They are. This is DC. We are in DC right now. They're socialite assholes. Mocking Scrooge. And Scrooge is witnessing all this. Bunch of socialists. In the past 24 hours, Scrooge has endured emotional torment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to the point where he eventually cracks. Yeah, he just, uh, that, that's the whole thing. It's not revisiting Scrooge's past and trying to make him see the error of his ways. They're just going to emotionally break him. Oh, yeah. That's what it boils they're, down they're to. They're going to break him. <laughs> they're just... That's what you don't get. That's the <laughs> hidden gem. They they just break them apart. Oh hell! Um, but Fred then explains. You know, he, he meant so much. Uncle Scrooge meant so much to my. As you said before, he meant so much to my mother. I will never stop trying. Right, because he's the martyr. And yeah, then he. Fred's and, the martyr. Fred, and, yeah, and it's Scrooge all about Fred. Is just a piece of garbage. A piece of garbage. And he says, you know, um, the ghost. So, you know, the ghost says, Fred looks just like Fam. Of course, yeah. they look nothing alike. No, the actor, not the at all. Look. Like, there is nothing even remotely close to... I, I mean, they're both white. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is it. They look nothing alike. Uh, Zippo alike. So, the, the, this, is, this, is a, this is one of my favorite parts, even though everybody's getting shit-faced. Fred is obviously shit-faced here because he gets hopped up for the game of similes. Which oh, yeah. wasn't the original story. They transition into similes. I mean, he is just excited. He is over the moon. Everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. We're going to play a game of similes. Oh, it was in the original? It was not in the original. Oh. The original, okay. what was it? The original the story. It was, a, it was another game. Okay. So, again, he's, he's obviously shit faced. Um, imagine playing similes today, though, trying to make your friends play similes with you. Wouldn't happen. Everybody's That's just like trying to get your friends to play Monopoly with you. And they're just like, no, I want to play some crazy-ass game about making art colors and shit. I know. I mean, talk about emotional torture there. Shitty Bunch game. of assholes. Don't they? Don't play me. All I wanted to do was play Monopoly. I, I would have loved to play Monopoly or another game like Diplomacy where, you know, you get your pains in a bunch because someone backstabbed you. I still remember <laughs> that night. Still remember <laughs> what happened? You don't remember that when you played diplomacy? No, it was over Glen Avenue, and then Mitch backstabbed you, and you got pissed off. But the best part about it is you had to give him a ride home. No, I don't remember that it was at all. Glorious, but I digress. <laughs> no, um, I, I I have a short memory for these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I don't even remember playing a game with Mitch. Yeah, it was it was, it was diplomacy. You're each of the contra anyway. Whatever. Well, I digress. So during this game of similes, Scrooge is like, he's getting all into it. He's like, man, I, I really want to play similes. <clears throat> I really want to do that. And that's what's going on in his head. Well, he it's wants like, to play a game. He wants to play. I mean, he's, been, he's cracking right at this point. Um, and that's when Fred goes up to his wife about tight as a, tight as a, and Scrooge, what if the, the Scrooge is like, tight as a drum? Yeah. I can't hear you. <laughs> Fucking ghost of Christmas present again, being a dick. Yeah, he's an asshole. Like right there, right there. Does Scrooge can't even finish a sentence without the ghost of Christmas present, just being a dick, being a dick. Um. So they wrap up this this uh, part of the uh, visit the 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 Hollywood house, and they transition to a poor camp, uh, which is essentially under a bridge 
in England, in this Shrewsbury, in this town of England. Uh huh. Just curious. Side note. I suggest people read about China and similar living conditions occurring right now. Okay. You'll be surprised. Anyway. Um, so we have Ben. Ben is talking about who's just a side character. He's looking at his hands. and. Well, he, I think that people could make the argument that the same living conditions are taking place in San Francisco right now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too political, but yeah. They no, are. no, no. I'm not going political. I'm just, you, yeah, you yeah, know. They are. They are. They are. The tent cities and shit <laughs> on the streets and all that. Just a wonderful place to live. Wonderful place to live. Ugh. Anyway, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> so Scrooge is observing this guy, Ben, talk about how he's got these hands. He wants to work. Um, and then his wife, and he wants his wife and his kids to go to the, 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 the poor house. And his wife's, no, we don't want to be separated. You know, and they would rather stay together. I felt that was, you know, again, trying to convey to the readers or, in this case, the watchers. That know. they would rather work a day's work than take welfare? Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that at this, in this particular case. And then um, doesn't uh, Scrooge suggest, isn't there places they can go? Is that, is that occur right here? I can't remember. Uh, no, I mean, there was, that was earlier when they were in the exchange and I think he, he may have brought it up again about them going somewhere, but they didn't want to be separated. No, I think most of it was them. He just listened to them talking, listening to this talking and how they just, they didn't want to, you know, he wanted her to go to the, the place and get something to eat with her and the kids, but he, you know, she didn't want to go because she would have been separated from him, mm-hmm. and it's better that they stay together. Yeah, but he wants to work. I agree, and not you know, <clears throat> the coattails of government. Anyway, um, and this is there's this back and forth which causes the the because Scrooge's question their living conditions about how they got where they are, and that's when the ghost of Christmas present just completely shit through ends his. Diatribal and Scrooge by opening up his robe, and you see those two quote unquote starving kids. Yeah. And he explains it's a really creepy scene. Yeah, it really is. Creepy yeah, that, scene. that was one of the most unsettling scenes, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Those two kids that just look like they're, you know, they're, they're just horrible. They are. And then written, uh, they're named are Ignorance and Want. Mm hmm. You know, and then Dickens is really trying to convey the, the, the message he's trying to convey in, in his book because this is right out of the book. <coughs> and written on the brow is written the word doom. And that's when the ghost of Christmas present lectures him maybe more about his, his lifestyle and the way he is about dealing with the poor. Then he leaves Scrooge on the bridge and Scrooge is wandering around saying, can't we come to a meeting? I thought it was... A, me in the Minds, which shows that he was a businessman because Me in the Minds is a part of a contract. And then he sits down. He's like, what have I done to be abandoned like this? He still pities himself. Yeah. Screws still. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to be abandoned like this? It's one of the war- That scene alone is just like, what have I learned to this point? It's, Obviously nothing. I'm a terrible person. Everybody lectures. I've shut everybody out. But he's just breaking. He's cracking. Again, he's cracking here, which is weird because in other versions, he's starting to realize he's fucked up. 
he hasn't realized he's fucked up yet. No, he just is still pitying himself. And even through the ghost of Christmas future, I feel like he just pities himself the entire time. Mm -hmm. I, I have a very different take on the outcome of this movie (laughs) on how, you know, it, it has nothing to do with coming to, uh, you know, realize that, he's a bad person and he needs to be a better person. Mm-hmm. It's all about, Hey, if I don't do this, if I don't put on the show and act like I'm a better person, I'm going to get screwed. And it, so it's, it's a much darker take on the output, the outcome of this movie, but whatever, whatever we're getting, we're almost there. We're, so we do transition to the fourth act of this five act uh, movie slash book, and that is the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come. And I've never been a big fan of this. I've never been a big fan of this part of, even though it's a very telling part. I just I don't know. It can lose a little bit of the magic. So Scrooge is sitting down. All of a sudden, this dark figure in the back appears. There's smoke rolling in. Yeah, really cool artistic scenes here. I do appreciate that. But it's just so, it's so just morbid. I just didn't care for it. Um, it was here, dark. I mean, dark it, it's, but it's, it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be, you know, very foreboding. Foreboding, yes. Foreboding, yes. And then instead of talking, the ghosts are yet to come. It's just you hear these screeching sounds as almost yeah. a way of communicating to Scrooge, and Scrooge has to interpret what he's saying. Well, and you never really know if he's hearing the sound or if it's just for the movie or what. It, it's not very clear mm-hmm. if there's any real communication other than pointing his finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So they first they appear, they, they both go to the exchange where three men are laughing about the death of some rich man, and they only seem to care about the rich man's money. Right. It's never, never said who that person is. No. Just that. Well, they, they never tell you who the rich person is until you see the, gra- the gravestone. But it, I mean, it's so implied. It's not yeah. uh, how anybody would actually think it's anyone else would bewilder me. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's just, it's, it's like getting hit in the head with a brick and then saying, hey, was that a brick that hit me in the head? Mm-hmm. Anyway. And Scrooge is like, why would they be laughing at a person? That's, you know, it's like, that's cruel or something along that. It's, it's yes, and this comes from the guy that like two hours ago basically said, hey, you know, let them die and get rid of this surplus, surplus population. population. Yeah. Then they transition over to Scrooge's bedroom, <laughs> which is apparently his bedroom, and there is a sheet and there is a body underneath the sheet on the bed. Yeah. And the ghost points to the... To the uh, the bed, because before that, Scrooge's like, who is the person who died? And Takes him to the bedroom, tells him to go check under the sheet. And Scrooge is like, nah, not, ain't doing it. Not today. You know. Not today. Yeah. <laughs> not going to do that to myself. You guys have broken me too much already. And But Scrooge does demand to see someone show feelings about this man's death. And that's when they go to the slums. Yeah. Where the, her, his maid is selling silver and Scrooge's pocket watch, which was out of place here. That pocket watch was actually um, too modern for the time period. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Mm-hmm. But I, you, you don't really question it. Mm-hmm. 
You don't question any of the things that are out of place. No, you don't. Not in this movie, because this movie is much better than Robin Hood, no, Prince of Thieves. Much, much better. But Scrooge, again, he, he's playing ignorant to everything. He's like, that can't be my stuff. That's not my stuff. He knows it's his stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, he's done figured this shit out. He's, done, he's, he's, he's just playing dumb. He's playing dumb. And then to make matters worse, um, they go visit Bob Cratchit's house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where, where everything <laughs> yeah. has gone to shit. Everything is, is oh done. yeah they I've I've still got seventeen kids but I don't really care it's all about Bob it's all about Tim. The reason that I'm late is because I walked by there today. Today. I couldn't keep away. It's so quiet and green. You shall see it on Sunday. We shall all go on Sunday. I promised him that every Sunday I'd walk. My little child. My little, little child. Father, please don't grieve so. No, I'm sorry. I have all of you. Yeah, Tiny Tim's dead, and then on top of that, we're just going to keep his crutch there in the corner yeah, just so, so we can... Look at it every time we walk into the room. To remind all you kids that Tim was our favorite, and you're not. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter has already like built his empire up. Oh, yeah, they don't even talk about that. Yeah. they just like, ah, Peter lost his job two weeks later. Yeah. Hey, who the hell knows? I mean, they don't really say. They don't really say anything. You know, Bob, just, he just can't get past it. And here's, here's a note. This entire scene in the Cratchit family house was filmed in a wine merchant who happens to still be there. Um, it was... This building was next to a car garage. Um, the scene in which Scrooge visits and learns of Tiny Tim's death, which is this scene, had to be reshot because uh, owing to an extractor fan drowning out the actor's speech from the body shop on the other side of the wall. So there you go. Shot entirely on scene. Interesting. Interesting. Then the ghost takes Scrooge to the graveyard in this uh, famous scene where Scrooge is, uh, the graveyard is snow-covered and it just looks cold and what have you. And there's this headstone with a, a layer of uh, snow on it. Because that would happen. Because exactly, that's what happened. And he forces him to brush off the, the, the gravestone and it's revealed that it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Then, <laughs> didn't, you didn't see that Caught coming? me off guard, man. I thought it would be, say, Tiny Tim. Maybe. Yeah, that, that would have made more sense. A big-ass tombstone for Tiny Tim. Big old sculpture. Yeah. Yep, yep. Man. He's standing there with his crutch pointed to the stars. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And on the gravestone, it says, Tiny Tim never really got a chance to play with those kids. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Sign Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing ball now, bitch? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So Scrooge is cowering over this, and he's like, are these shadows of things that will be, or the shadows of things that maybe? Is that correct? Or I thought it was the comp. <clears throat> Whatever. 
Yeah, are these the the shadows? Uh, no, I've, whatever I wrote there is exactly what it okay. says. Are things these the shadows be, of things that may be, that will be, or the shadow of things that may be? Maybe, not maybe, but maybe. Okay. And this headstone is still uh, can be visited in St. Chad's uh, Churchyard in Shrewsbury, which was where this scene was shot. Um, so this is when Scrooge finally realizes when he realizes he's going to die. Okay, oh, yeah. there's some consequences. He's like, okay, maybe I should change myself. But, okay, at the same time, everybody's going to die. He's going to die you know, regardless. It's, it's, it's like, not like he lives on forever yeah. since he becomes a good person. He's an old man. It's not like he's got to, you know, he's buying himself a few years. I mean, he had a gravestone, so yeah. somebody put him in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I would assume since, you know, all his money would have gone to Fred, his only living relative, happy ending. <laughs> he probably had his will, I'll bury, bury myself in this. With all my money, the hell with all you lecturers. Oh, exactly. So this is great acting by Scott. And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll change, I'll change, I'll change. And he's like, you know, panicking and all that. And then, you know, Scrooge shows back up in his bedroom where he's like, he looks around. He's like realizing he's not dead. And then he passes out. Yeah. I'm going to get some sleep now. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. Then a clock strikes nine and Scrooge wakes up. <clears throat> confused. I'd be confused too, but I just saw my damn name on a gravestone. And he goes to the window and throws open the, the uh throws open the windows and he sees a boy just happening running by. He yells out Hello, you there, boy! Me, sir? Yes, you my good fella. What day is today? Today? Why well, it's Christmas Day, of course. Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits did it all in one night. It looks like, it reminds me, I wrote this, it looks like Roman Polanski or half a Hollywood cat calling a young actress. <laughs> this, the way that he does this, goes about doing this. In orders the boy, this is where he get. this is where Peter gets it from. I mean, uh, um, dad damn, his, his nephew, Phil. Fred. Fred gets it from, the ordering <laughs> of thing around. Boy, go get me that turkey. And he's like, you know, if you, if you, uh, Bring that turkey back sooner, I'll give you a shilling or something like that. And to me, Shrewd, Scrooge has completely lost his shit here. Dude, I don't lose any time. I was light. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as mad as a schoolboy. He's, he's gone nuts. Okay. He's, he's completely switched who he is. He's going to be just throwing money away at this point because he doesn't want to die. Lost his shit. Oh, yeah. I might as well spend it now because I'm dead in a year. <laughs> That's what the, the ghost of Christmas yet to come doesn't tell him. He's going to die of a heart attack three years later, I mean, three, three months later. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, it's better than the first time around. He originally died of rectal cancer. Oh, yeah. Don't you, yeah. Don't you get the prostate. Uh, so Screw's jumping around, yelling and how he's loving things. He's tearing down the curtains around his bed. And he's, and he's happy for the only second time in the movie. The first time was after an awesome bowel movement, right? So then Scrooge pulls out this Christmas vest out of nowhere because uh, a miserable person like him would have had this just in case. Oh, yeah. Just in case he was visited by three ghosts and turns his light around, uh, four, four ghosts, I should say, and turns his life around. He had this just in case, his red Christmas vest, his red Christmas attire, um, which was actually too modern, but regardless. 
So he goes downstairs. Where the, better than a power tie. Better, better than a yellow power tie. Striped yellow power tie, correct. So he gets dressed in the nines. The Pultier and the boy come back, and the Pultier is, you know, lecturing the boy, you, you know, little dumb shit, you better brought me to you some. You better be things. right on this one. better be right on this or one. Or I'm going to beat you. Beat you with this prize turkey of mine, this frozen prize turkey. And that's when Scrooge just starts dashing out more money. He sends turkey to Bob for dinner. But he's like, do not tell it's from Scrooge. It's from a friend. Yeah, well, Bob, Bob doesn't have any friends except for Tiny Tim. So apparently Tiny Tim came into some money and sent him a turkey. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. But Scrooge has an appointment somewhere, right? He's... he's He's got an appointment to go to. He's got. Oh, Jesus he's scalivating yeah. around town now, right? Uh, he's lost. I tell you, God Scrooge has lost it. Go ahead. Uh, he he pays these assholes <laughs> who are singing this really bad song. <laughs> This this awesome Christmas song. Yeah, he just walks up to him and he's listening to it like, hey, what a toe tapper. <laughs> Here's some cash for you. Keep it going for another year, Payola. people. Payola. Yep. Oh, God, oh, I Christmas hate that song. Christmas Eve and then... Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Then, uh, of course, Paul and Hacking have been... Yeah, why are Paul and Hacking <laughs> just hanging out, like, walking around Christmas morning? They have no Like, family. don't they have places to be? No. Well, you never see a Christmas Carol Part Two, which is about pull and hacking, and then the fact that they embezzled all the money. Oh yeah, they the whole time they were embezzling the money from the poor. Yep, never never see that part, and they got visited as well. So he, uh, Scrooge, starts saying, "I have a lot to make up for," and he leans in and whispers to Pull, I think, who then immediately goes over to hacking and like literally a second. Later, Hacking's jaw drops. Oh, yeah. Like, there was no chance for him to get the information out. The acting here, a little bit subpar. A little bit subpar. Oh, they're, they're tertiary characters at best. Yeah, tertiary. And actors as well. Except the one was, um, was uh, Batman's uh, butler, whatever his name is. I don't remember. Alfred? Alfred, yeah. From which one? From um, the, the 70s show? Mm, I mean, the 60s show? No. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Something I read. Or from. the one from the 90s, 90, 89. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was um, whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. So, so uh, the turkey is delivered to, this big-ass turkey is delivered to Cratchit, which further emasculates um, Bob because he can only bring home a small-ass goose. <laughs> so fr- some <laughs> friends got donated this gigantic hormone-injected turkey uh, they showed Tim a terrible t- <laughs> He had a big fan tie to him. Oh, oh, yeah. Tim Jesus. smiles because he's still around, but he's got these rotten teeth. Oh, my God. He has the worst teeth ever. I mean, the Brit- I guess it, it was always a thing that British people have really bad teeth. Yes. Well, the whole reason that came to be was because of Tiny Tim in this, in this one episode. Because mm-hmm. that's just horrible. Yep. So that's the last that we see, well, not the last, we see the last see of Bob Cratchit, thankfully. And that's when uh, <laughs> Fred, Fred is uh, dishing out his uh, money to his wife. 
with that nice bracelet. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's mustard. No, I got everything. I got this guy, Peter, working for me <laughs> for pennies on a dollar at Cratchit Boy. And then they hear a knock at the door. He, Fred looks outside, and there's Scrooge in his uh, Christmas best. Oh, yeah. And then, as you said, Fred. Dressed to the nines. Fred dressed to the nine, and Fred um, orders his uh, girl around. Oh, Jesus. Just, yeah. just go ahead. Take the jacket. <laughs> Take a jacket. Get us something to drink. Get us something to drink. Yeah. Just oh, like, she. He just treats it. He treats this in this girl like she's shit. It's Christmas Day, and she's got to work for him. Oh God, you, it, know. you know. I mean, I I assume she's just an indentured servant at this point because <laughs> she's just treated like horrible. It's the same crap. guy who lectured Scrooge about the magic of Christmas is making her work on Christmas morning. Yeah. But uh, Scrooge don't give a shit. Scrooge doesn't care. Nope. Scrooge is like, oh, I've, you know, I've missed so many of these times. Uh, I'd like to, to accept your invitation for dinner. And uh, Fred and his wife who've talked, and his wife who has particularly talked trash about Scrooge, forgets all that stuff. Is oh, we would love for you. And, of course, Scrooge then is like, where's that damn punch at? Well, now, it isn't too much trouble. I should like to sample some of that punch food you're so famous. Yep. I'm getting lit up. I, I need to have some of that punch. But he has a moment with Fred. I see the shadow of my sister in the your face. The gin and juice. I see the shadow of my sister in your face. I don't see it because those two actresses, actor and actress, didn't look anything alike. Nope. I like. So I guess Scrooge then, you know, parties with a uh, simile crew and, and reminds, uh, oh, this little, little side moment when he talks to Fred's wife, tight as a drum. You like similes? Tight as a drum. Mm. And she doesn't know what to say. She's flabbergasted. Like, what? Huh? What are you talking about? What? Well, I guess that is correct. <laughs> it would be tight as a drum. She's just tight as a drum. Well, that's not the one I was thinking of. <laughs> tight as a nun's vagina. Ooh. So next day, um, at Marley and Scrooge's, Bob is scurrying up because he's late. He's late from that big oh, ass. Of course. Th- he's late. They- from that big ass turkey, that just big ate. turkey, because you know he took half of that turkey, he ate half of the turkey. Oh yeah, he took a quarter of the turkey and left the other three quarters of the turkey for the other ten people yeah. in the house. Other eighty-seven kids he, he had, so he's all tripped the fan up. He's he's late. This is how he rewards Scrooge for letting give him the day off. He's late. Yeah, the guy's just like, okay, you can have the day off. Just make sure you come in early the next day and open the place. Yeah. So what's he do? He shows up 18 minutes late. Yeah, just doesn't, He's a garbage. doesn't give a rat's ass. So he rushes in. He doesn't in. care. He rushes in um, and his hope that Scrooge isn't there, but he realizes the door is open. He's like, I'm, I'm done for. So he tries to sneak in. Yeah, because there's two of them in an office. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not like he, you know, they, they're literally five feet away from each other. He's just like, ah, he ain't going to notice that I wasn't yeah. here. Exactly. He's not going to notice I was. Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever. Ugh, ugh. So then Bob sneaks Even in. Even Tiny Tim could figure that shit out. Yeah, and that's not, you know, that's a low now bar right there. He can't see anything past his teeth. Seriously. So, so Bob comes up with an excuse. This is Bob's excuse to Scrooge because Scrooge approaches him. When he I comes got drunk. <laughs> I was making rather merry. Oh, that's okay then. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. He comes in, he's like, I would have been here on time. But I got drunk. I got drunk. Sorry. Yes. I ain't got money to buy anything, yeah. but I had enough for the uh, booze. The booze, yeah. 
Yep, didn't have to buy the goose anymore. But then Scrooge, who's completely lost at this point, will accept this level of incompetency. He's like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm not going to stay in this for anymore, so I'm going to double your salary. Double your he's salary. He's finished. He's finished. Yeah, he he's probably, done lost his mind. Therefore, I am going to double your salary. Double my salary, sir. <laughs> 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 a Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> All right. Sure. Huh? So he's so Scrooge and burn that damn coal, boy. Let's burn all the coal. Buy yep. some more coal. <clears throat> By the way, while we're burning the coal, we're going to get some Christmas punch. I'm telling you, Scrooge is now descended into alcoholism. He's an alcoholic, and he's going to die of lung cancer <laughs> from, you know, coal smoke in the office. Yeah. Rewarding incompetency. Becoming an alcoholic. So what do we find out? We find out that Tiny Tim didn't die a year later. He's still living. That he still a, has polio, but... It's a joke. He's still living. That was, that was all a joke. And Scrooge became like a second father to him. And they decide to roll credits <laughs> to that same shitty Christmas song. Yes. Ugh, I hate that song. There you go. I absolutely hate that song. There you go. Um, I know we were we were kind of screwing with it a little bit there, but <laughs> I do it. love this movie. We do. I absolutely do. love this movie. I, I I enjoy watching it every year. I watch it with my mother. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, she's coming into town on Monday, so we'll probably be watching it sometime next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. But you know. So yeah, we watched it once. Well, obviously watched it once for the show. We're gonna watch it again, probably the week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is it is the one of the one of the finest adaptions of the Christmas Carol. Yeah, I mean, other than this, I I love I I always try to watch Scrooge every year. Scrooge, yes. Uh, I do not have Mickey's Christmas Carol, but I if I can find it on TV, I watch it. It's on Netflix. Oh, is it? You have to buy. You have to look for it. It's not like a standalone one. It's, um, I think it's like Mickey Mouse snowed in or something like that. Oh, okay. And it's an hour long show. The last half an hour is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, so okay. So if you want to watch, it, so you it, just fast forward through the nonsense. Yeah, to get fast to it. forward through the nonsense to get to it. So it, it is there. It is there. You can find it on Netflix. But, but yeah, that I do like the Muppet Christmas Carol. I think Michael Caine did a, a decent job. Yes, Muppets Christmas Carol is is another one. I but I love the Muppets, man. Yeah. I, they did very little that I didn't like. I mean, once you got past Muppets Christmas Carol, though, they did Treasure Island and that stuff, and I didn't like those didn't as like much. That stuff, no. But like the original Muppets movie and the Great Muppet Caper and uh, uh, Christmas Muppets Christmas Carol, and then the newer Muppet movies that they just put out the last couple of years, or I like them a lot, and I love the show, but. Yeah, Muppet Treasure Island and that other one was just horrible. Horrible, horrible. They yeah. went through a down slide there for a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, this one, uh, you know, I, 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 if I watch the Alistair Sims version, I'm fine. But I have to watch the George C. Scott version. Yeah, I, I will also say that the, um, I'm going to say the John Luke Picard version because I. The TNT version. Uh, 
is pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. They film that way. It's done very in a very similar style to this one. It's slightly different, but um he's a good actor as well. I yeah. mean, you know, I classically trained actor as well. Right. I I mean he there's very little that he does that he doesn't do well. Now what I didn't like was the Jim Carrey cartoon version. Right. I was not a fan of that. I, I used to be a much bigger fan of Jim Carrey, um, and I do like The Grinch. I, I'm not going to say I don't like The Grinch, and I, I really don't feel like it was necessary to remake The Grinch this year. No, which uh, was weird. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. I mean, I like, you know, Cumberbatch, but at the same time, you know, the original Grinch cartoon is the only cartoon you needed, yeah. and then you had the live-action version with Carrey, which I thought was was fine. I was mean, fine. there was nothing wrong with it. It was good enough. I, I, so when I saw it initially, I didn't like it. But after I watched it a couple times, I came to like it because I'm obviously a huge Dr. Seuss fan. But mm-hmm. obviously, um, obviously. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, in the end. I think all the other versions kind of pale in comparison yes, now. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I do like Scrooge. I do like the, this one. But Scrooge is a comedy. Uh, I think that the Alice, you know, the Alistair Sims one is will always be a classic, but I prefer the George C. Scott version. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when it, it, I agree. When it boils down to it, the other versions are either just remakes of <laughs> the. A lot of them are just remakes of the 1984 version. I mean, we kind of talked about that before, where you know, instead of you know, writing the the new Robin Hood looks like it's a remake of the Robin Hood movie, not a new version of the Robin Hood movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of weird the way that went, but you know that's just how it boiled out. Anyway, but uh, you know we want to make sure we uh, wish everybody uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah. You know, is Hanukkah over? I think no, no, no. Hanuk- well, Hanukkah will be over by the time that this is. This is released. Released. That's right. Yes. But, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to Wish everybody, say it. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. But, uh, um, but yeah, Merry Christmas, you know. And uh, starting, uh, this this will take us right up through the uh, end of the year. Of so the year. happy New Year's. But uh, starting next year, we have, uh, we're going to start off with a bang. Oh, yeah. We've got uh, two good ones for you, uh, both of which will probably end up being three-parters. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first one being uh, Con Air, Nicolas Cage's uh, opus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 perfectus. Uh, well, Nicolas Cage is a phenomenal <laughs> actor. I know that we're going to get a lot of crap for that, but he's a phenomenal actor. Well, I, well, he's not. He's a horrible actor. No, but he's, I, no, I, I, love, I disagree. I love everything he does. I mean, all the way down to his absolutely horrible uh, <laughs> uh, accent in this movie. I mean, it's it's his accent in Con Air is so bad, dude. It's just horrible. <laughs> but yeah, I love Nick Cage. I, uh, Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. Uh, for anybody out there who didn't know that, which you um, should. I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a, not a secret, but anybody else who doesn't know, yeah, he's he's the. Uh, Nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, but he changed his name because he wanted to make it on his own. So I think that's something to to to, to look at and say, hey, that's pretty cool in he and also, of itself. That's where the wrestler Christian, he originally went by Christian, Christian Cage. Yes. he uh, The Cage part came from Nicolas Cage. Christian part came from Christian Slater. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Con Air, which will most likely end up being a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we can keep it to three parts. because uh, yeah, uh, to three parts. Good Lord, man. It, it's, it's a long movie, and there's a lot in it. A lot in it. Uh, and then we will be following that up yes, with yes. Titanic. Yes. Paul's, Jimmy's favorite movie. Paul, we had a discussion yesterday about what we're doing in the future. You already know a few movies, No Holds Barred, which is going to be... The Coming in March. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of I want you to come work for me. I'm willing to American. pay. Fight for what's Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? <laughs> oh, my God. I won't be around when this check clears. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to do after that. I'm possibly... I know. I have no idea. We know that Jaws is coming Memorial Day weekend. We're doing Jaws Memorial Day. <coughs> that's the only one. Yeah, gonna, that's May. So I know we're playing. If you have suggestions, but anyway, Titanic. The way it came by is I was talking to Paul about movies we we're going to do, and he said we should do a drama. Yeah, we hadn't done one yet, and so it was we have to hit one. We have to hit one. So I mean, this is a blockbuster, Titanic, and we're going to give it our treatment. We're giving you this heads up because it's a long movie. Yeah. You know. It's that one's definitely going to be a three-parter. It's a, it's almost a 3-hour long movie. So it it's oh. it would be impossible for us to oh. do it unless I... <laughs> So oh. um um yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we have to put the obligatory make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, JB's driving. Instagram. Instagram. We don't have Instagram yet. We need to do that. We're going to be working on some things over the There's holidays. There's no need hopefully. to have an Instagram. There is no name ever. No, you don't want pictures of you? Just No. We just have pictures of the freaking... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, just share us. Get the word out. Yeah, please. Put, spread it around like a virus. Thank you for the listeners that we have so far. We really appreciate it. We yeah. really appreciate Australia. it. Australia. Australia was they, late. They I saw the I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, somebody in Australia is listening, which is cool. Hey, that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. But... Anyway, we're looking forward yeah, I, to the, All I know about Australia is didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. And kangaroo. And Vegemite kangaroo sandwich. Kangaroo jack. Vegemite sandwiches. And a didgeridoo. <laughs> it's funny because we're, we're going to actually be recording Con Air before Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like we're giving everybody their Christmas message, but then with Con Air, we're going to have to fake. Well, Con Air, the first episode actually will be coming on New Year's Eve. So Right. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, have a Merry Christmas. Um, safe holidays. Safe holidays. For all of our uh, non-religious fans. Correct. And uh, we will see you with Con Air. Take care. Normally, I would stop right there without an explanation. But because it's important enough to talk about, especially around this time of year, with peace on earth and goodwill to men. You see, you can't even say the word goodwill to man with an eye roll from a social justice warrior. I thought that I would elaborate. I don't know if A Christmas Carol is anti-Semitic. I will tell you what I do know. I know that Charles Dickens was having trouble making rent at the time he wrote it. I know he penned the story in six weeks, an extremely short time to lay out a story about anti-Semitism. I know that Dickens always chose the names of his characters with precision. I know the first name Ebenezer is Jewish. I know the last name of his partner, Marley, isn't. I know he chose those names not because of any ethnic meaning, but a deeper meaning having to do with symbolism. 
I know that the reference to Jew was used many times in Oliver Twist. I know that it wasn't used once in A Christmas Carol. I know that Christmas was becoming hugely popular in England during this period, and that the first printing, 6,000 books, sold out in just a few days before Christmas. I know that Dickens' purpose in writing A Christmas Carol was to capitalize on that popularity, and more importantly, to make rent. I know that Dickens wrote four more Christmas hundred stories, all to make money. I know that the values we all know that are taught in A Christmas Carol are also reflected in the symbolism behind the characters' names. I know that those same values it preaches are also reflected in the Jewish holy book, the Torah. I know that even if it was an anti-Semitic message, that it has been transcended through the centuries by the values represented in the Christmas season. I know that different adaptions of A Christmas Carol focus on the season, not on any specific conspiracy theory having to do with anti-Semitism. Is it anti-Semitic? You make the choice. Now to my latter answer. I don't care if a Christmas carol is anti-Semitic. As I mentioned before, there is a festering wound of isms in the society. We no longer desire to learn what unites us, but instead what divides us. There are those who will scour the literature and speech for any semblance of offensive language or themes. They will pout and cry until these voices are silenced. These types of witch hunts and they are witch hunts, have removed literary geniuses like Toni Morrison, John Steinbeck, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Harper Lee, and my personal favorite, Ernest Hemingway, from the bookshelves of schoolhouses. What a shame it is that we are removing these voices from generations because the purveyors of division and political correctness didn't want their precious little feelings hurt. I also find, through careful observation, that the purveyors of the social justice usually have the deepest closets, the most hate to hide. Let's take the piece penned by William Melton. In it, quote, well, it's that time of year again, Christmas. We all know what it means. 24-hour marathons of a Christmas story on TBS, gaudy lights tacked on to just about every house in the suburbs, overcrowded stores, and an annual homage to Charlie Brown's puny little tree, unquote. Sounds like a Big, resentful tirade, doesn't it? After Melton spins his tapestry of theories about why Scrooge is Jewish and the work is anti-Semitic, he closes his piece. Quote, So, this holiday, when you sit around the tree toasting eggnog, preparing for that holiday reading, okay, viewing, since we prefer TV to books now, and there are about 10 zillion TV adaptions of this thing, just remember the hidden message you're sharing with your kiddos on this day of love and grace. Jews are bad people, doomed to hell unless they find Christ. Go, Jesus. End quote. He ends his tirade by mocking the faith of the very people he's attacking. I think I proved my point. Maybe these warriors of political correctness, like William Melton, can learn a thing from A Christmas Carol. Melton and other people like him are who Dickens was writing about when he created Scrooge. People so full of hate, so full of judgment, that they miss out in life. But I can't blame them. Like Scrooge, we're all imperfect in our own ways. We're all judgmental, and we all have our vices. So I don't care if A Christmas Carol is anti-Semitic, because I've learned to accept people's misgivings. And unless they do something violent or genuinely oppressive to another, it doesn't affect going to get upset. Thankfully, because a baby child some 2,000 years ago was born, we were given the opportunity to redeem ourselves, just like Scrooge redeemed himself. It didn't matter if the Scrooge character was Jewish, Hindu, or Christian. The symbolism behind Scrooge represents all of us. The redemption Scrooge experienced is a lesson for all of us that we can learn from, regardless of what religion we practice. 
And on that note, take care of yourself and each other.